It's another edition of our podcast series, Columbus Community Hospital HealthCasts. If you think someone may be having a stroke, getting medical help quickly is vital to saving a life and minimizing disability. So here to talk with us about the symptoms and what to do if you think someone is having a stroke is Dr. Mark Howarder, Physician Director of the Columbus Community Hospital Emergency Department. Dr. Howarder, thank you so much for your time. So let's start with the basics. What is a stroke? Okay, so a stroke is, uh, is a brain injury. And it's a brain injury caused by uh, a blood supply issue. And so two major kinds, ischemic, which means lack of blood flows to a, a, a vessel that's serving a, a segment of the brain, loses its blood flow and whatever function that part of the brain had, whatever it's responsible for, you lose the function, whether it's speech, whether it's eyesight, whether it's motor function to a, an extremity, whether it's sensation, any of those things. Uh, there's hemorrhagic strokes where a blood vessel leaks or ruptures. Uh, those tend to be a little more catastrophic and, and little, the symptoms are a little more severe. Um, but that's something we have to figure out when we see you. Right. Okay. So two kinds of stroke we need to be aware of, ischemic and hemorrhagic. So what are the symptoms of stroke? What should we be looking out for? So the, the symptoms and the symptoms that we, uh, we talk about is called FAST, and uh, it's, a, it's a quick way for the lay public to try to recognize what could be a potential stroke. And I emphasize potential. It doesn't mean it's a stroke, but uh, if, it's a, if it's a potential stroke, it's really up to us to, to determine that, so, so you'd need to be seen quickly. Um, but FAST, just, just briefly, F is for face, so that's facial droop. Um, a is for arm and, and really could be extended to any extremity where an extremity isn't working, either fine motor coordination or, or just strength or the limb just feels very, very heavy like a ton of bricks. Um, S is speech, and that's either talking uh, in a slurred fashion or just not being able to come up with words or not being able to uh, uh, say the appropriate word, uh, word misplacement. And then time is... Uh, probably the most important thing and and uh, uh, coming up with uh, exactly when that stroke happened is just vital to us. Okay, so that's fast. Face, arm, speech, time. Thank you for explaining that to us. So then what should we do if we think someone is having a stroke? Well, the, the, the first thing to do is um, to note the time. I think that's very important. I mean, you know, the people panic. You want to get to the emergency department, and that's really where you want to go. You don't want to go to your doctor's office because the doctor's office just isn't going to be prepared to handle that, and and they know that they they understand that. And they would the first thing they would do is send you directly to an emergency department. So, what you want to go to is your closest emergency department, and every ER in this country is uh, equipped to handle stroke and uh, understands you know what the treatments are and could uh, get you uh, quickly evaluated. Uh, But that's, so determine the time and get to an ER. Those are really the two most important things you can do. Right. So you mentioned as quickly as possible. Why is it important to get to the hospital as quickly as possible? Well, there's a, you know, there's a saying um, that time is brain. So the longer there's lack of blood flow to a part of the brain, the more brain injury there is and the more permanent disability that could result. So 
what we want to do is limit that permanent disability um, and minimize that to the extent possible. So the soonest you can get to us, the sooner we can start treatment, the better the outcome. Okay, so time is brain, and you just said it, the sooner you can get to us, the better outcome we can have. So what is the protocol at Columbus Community Hospital when someone is brought to the emergency department who may be having a stroke? Our protocol is is, is not unlike a lot of ERs, by the way, so we're, we didn't invent the concept, but uh, we, we really um, uh, have uh, complied with what you know the, the recommendations are, but how, how we would handle it and how a lot of ERs would handle it is is the first thing we would do is we would not uh, you know in fact we if you called an ambulance that would be perfect if you came by private vehicle that's fine too uh, but as soon as we recognize that yeah this is a stroke and we would do a very quick brief uh, we can do this in 30 seconds uh, assessment and say yeah it looks like a stroke uh, we don't put you into a bed we actually take you straight to the cat scanner and uh, and get a quick CT of your head. Um, the reason we do that is because we want to make sure it's not a hemorrhage. Most of these are not, but it's just critical that we know. And then as soon as we do that, then we come back in and we do a little more detailed exam and confirm that, yes, this is a stroke, and we do something called a stroke score. And that, that gives us some idea as to severity. And then the next thing we do is uh, we have a, tr- a telestroke system where we get a, a board-certified stroke-trained uh, neurologist, and we have an agreement with the University of Nebraska Medical Center. So we have one of those uh, neurologists uh, tune in via telemedicine so they can actually examine the patient, see the patient, the patient can see them, and and the neurologist does his assessment. And we try to get all of this done actually within about 10 minutes. So telestroke, that's really interesting how you're able to talk with a neurologist and share what you found with that person to really come up with then the diagnosis and then the, the treatment, correct? So that's kind of all in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's all in 10 minutes. We, we will typically talk to the neurologist first, let them know what we're seeing and what the time frame is, et cetera. The neurologist will do a fairly quick assessment, and they do these all the time, so they're very efficient about it. Um, and then they call us back, and at that point, we, we generally have a treatment plan. Wow, that is terrific. So speaking of a treatment plan, how has treatment for stroke changed over the years? Yeah, that's well, that's an interesting question. I've, I've been practicing medicine for roughly 30 years, and, you know, 30 years ago, if you had a stroke, this whole kind of fire drill thing that we do didn't really exist, and we let you complete your stroke, and we... We weren't. It wasn't even clear at that time in the literature what you should do. Do you, you know, get put people on blood thinners or, or just what do you do? Um, and so the emphasis at that point was rehabilitation and try to help you recover from whatever disability you had. So that's that's how it used to be. And in, in, in these days, um, the, the the drugs that we use are called thrombolytic agents. Thrombolytic means literally uh, a medicine that lyses clot. So lysing means breaking it up. So if we can give you medicine that breaks up clot, um, and we know that all strokes have one common denominator, and that is that there's a clot probably superimposed upon some sort of plaque blockage in an artery. And if we can remove that clot with the medicine and reestablish blood flow quickly, then the amount of disability starts uh, 
uh, going down. And uh, so that's that's the approach. So let's talk about this. When it comes to risk factors for stroke, what are those? Yeah, the risk factors for stroke are really the risk factors or risk factors for vascular disease in general. And so they're, they're fairly similar to, say, cardiac disease, which is also a blood vessel disease. So, uh, you know, people that are overweight um, tend to have more problems with uh, vascular disease. People that are diabetic uh, have a greater increased uh, risk of vascular disease. Uh, people that smoke... Uh, uh, develop vascular disease at a, an accelerated rate, and we know that. Uh, plus, smoke makes your blood a little more hypercoagulable, so there's kind of a double whammy. Um, and family history, you know, so the, the one risk factor that nobody can alter is their family history. Uh, but if there's a lot of strokes in the family, then you clearly have uh, would have personal risk, and, and would you know, want to see a, a physician about trying to modify whatever risk factors you could modify. Right. Um, having high lipids in your bloodstream, and again, that's somewhat modifiable by diet. Uh, so that's cholesterol and triglycerides. Um, you know, so those are those are uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of the, the major risk factors. Right. So in those risk factors, it sounds like there were a lot of lifestyle things as well. You you know don't smoke, watch your lipids, which means you know make sure you watch your diet and other things. So what can we do to reduce the risk of stroke? Yeah, so it, it starts with the, the lifestyle modifications that you mentioned, uh, trying to keep your weight, you know, in uh, in a reasonable spot. Um, see your doctor and and uh, let him assess, uh, see what your lipids are, uh, check a blood sugar, make sure if you have, you know, if you are tending towards pre-diabetes or type two diabetes that you start doing some things to uh, counteract that, and there sure are. Diet and weight uh, have a lot to do with that. Uh, don't smoke. Uh, uh, alcohol in moderation only. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, if uh, uh, the doctor feels like uh, you are healthy and and recommend, recommends an exercise program, uh, that's actually hugely helpful, and it doesn't have to be an expensive gym membership. It can be a 20-minute walk every day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do for yourself. Absolutely. You know, we hear this term all the time, you know, know your numbers, you know, make sure you know what your blood sugar is, know what your blood pressure is, know what your cholesterol is. So everybody should know their numbers and can really help you assess your risk factors and decrease your risk factors for some of these things, including stroke. So last question, Dr. Howarder, and thank you for your time. What other important information should people know about stroke? Yeah, I think the, the, the things to know is that it can happen to anybody. So the walking around believing that a stroke can't happen to you is foolish. And uh, obviously, uh, anything you can do to prevent it is, is huge. You know, I, I hadn't mentioned there's even newer technologies where if it's a major stroke and there's a big clot uh, sitting in a major vessel, there's something called a thrombectomy. Uh, that gets done these days. Uh, that's done in major centers. And in, in our facility, when we're 90 minutes away, we would tend to fly that person to a major center and try to get that thrown back to be done, usually within an hour of the onset. Uh, and it's done in a in a in kind of a interventional radiology setting. And there's doctors that are specifically trained to do that, and have had uh, tremendous success with that. So there's. Uh, 
there's a lot more that we can do than, than we could uh, several years ago, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really good to hear, and we're all very happy to know that. Dr. Howarder, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you very much. That's Dr. Mark Howarder, Physician Director of the Columbus Community Hospital Emergency Department. For more information about Columbus Community Hospital and its stroke services, please visit columbushosp.org. That's columbushosp.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Columbus Community Hospital HealthCast from Columbus Community Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.